new. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag with a star-studded panel tonight of... I'll introduce everyone tonight for because I know Bill always does it. Tonight we have uh, my good friend Andrew. Hello. We have Justin is back. We have Bill Murphy, as always, and we have Eric Brothauer as returning once again. Thank you all for coming on tonight. We're going to have a star-studded, fun-filled show tonight of talking about our underrated movies. Bill, why don't you explain? Okay, so as you know, over the past couple weeks, we've been talking about overrated slash underrated stuff. Um, Weeks ago, we talked about overrated TV shows, then we did overrated movies. Um, Last week, we did underrated TV shows, and today we're doing underrated movies. So tonight, some friendships may be tested. We don't know. Not as bad as overrated, because some people gave some controversial takes, not naming names, JT. And, <laughs> and as we're going to talk I about was not prepared movies, <laughs> some of them are obscure, and then we're going to have Justin and Eric explain how, explain everything because they went to film school. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so who wants uh, a bill? It's all it's all good fun, guys. It's all in good fun, ladies and gentlemen. It's all in good fun. So who wants to go first? Bill, do you want to go first? I will. I would love to go first. Thank love you. To see um. So. Okay, my first underrated movie is a movie I'm... I don't think you guys have ever heard of this movie. It's called We Are Marshall. I have heard of it. Since I am a big sports guy and I have this podcast... No! God damn it. Which I will not promote right now. Okay. Anyway, We Are Marshall, it's actually based off the true story of the 1970 Marshall University football team that was tragically killed in a plane crash. Yep. And it's just about them all coming together and rebuilding as a football team and as a community. Matthew McConaughey's in it. And I have to say, all right, all right, all right. Um, But yeah, it's just, I think he does a really good job as the coach. It's just a... And what I like about it is the movie kind of, it doesn't just touch on it on the big level. You also touch it on the smaller levels. You know what I mean? Like two examples are, you know, there's this one woman whose fiance was on that plane that went down and she works as a waitress and she has to deal with her fiance's father who comes in every day. And he's going through some crap, too, because a few years prior, he lost his wife, and now he lost his only child. That's right. And he's got to, and she's got to deal with that. And, like, there's a scene when she goes over, and she's wearing the ring that she gave, he gave her. And he goes, listen, I know you proposed to, the, to your wife with this, and he proposed to me. Now I want to give it back to you. She goes, he goes, no. I want you to keep it. I want you to wear it, and you'll think of him every day. And... And another one is that there was three players who were not on the flight and two of them were injured and one of them wasn't injured and you don't know why he wasn't on the flight. And then you find out that he overslept and he missed the flight and now he's dealing with survivor's guilt. So 
he said, I should have been on that plane with them. And it's just, it's, it's such a good movie. And I think it's just really, really underappreciated. I can definitely see why it's definitely got any other comments for bill on, uh, anything or, um, wolf. <laughs> why wolf? Why not? Wolf? Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of the first thought that came to mind. Cause that's such a heavy, uh, subject matter. And obviously, um, it would it makes for good drama um you know there's a right way of handling 9-11 in the movie there's a wrong way of handling 9-11 in the movie um a movie like remember me handles it the wrong way this does sound like a movie that handles it right though um i have not seen this movie um sports movies are typically not really my thing but from what Bill has told me, this might be something I might actually check out one day. Yeah, and I just want to say one more thing. We are Marshall! Yes, yes, Breach. Uh, any other comments for We Are Marshall? By chance? Going once? Going twice? Going twice? <laughs> what was that? Oh, God, who did that? Oh, God. Anyways, who? Uh, Bill, who, who's up next? So Bill went, who's next? I'll go last because I'm the host. Anyone? I guess I'll go. Eric, go for it. Spider-Man three. Okay. Okay. No, no, I, I, I can see why, but go on. Uh, I think it gets way too much hate and, uh, and, uh, emo Peter is hilarious. Fair point. And one of the greatest memes of our generation. I mean, fair. Yes, that that scene right there. Yep. When he gets up and dances at the bar. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's cringe, but it's really funny at the same time. You're all right. It is comedy gold. It's amazing. I will say this: as a standalone movie, not counting source material not counting continuity it's dumb fun i'd Take say the, what the worst, i said, i'd say the worst thing it did was uh venom which mm. it was kind of overstuffing the movie and venom was definitely the weakest of the three villains but i don't know i I kind of find it hard to like hate the movie because of it, because like for the one hand, it wasn't Sam Raimi's fault that that happened because he didn't want True. to him in this movie. He wanted to save him for the next one and then Sony forced him to do it. True. And I can't fault him for that. Um, what I can fault him for, though, is the lack of buildup to peter's big scene in the church you know that that scene is an amazing scene but the lead up to that scene i don't buy it i need i needed more i think when he starts like needed, he like he kind of does gradually start like lashing out at more and more people through the film and it all like culminates when he 
strikes MJ and he realized, holy shit, what have I turned into? Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Can we just talk about how the effect on the symbiote goo looks a million times better in this movie than it does in Venom? Never saw Venom, so I can't say. Yeah, I'm the like the goo in this movie. It actually looks real, like a lot of the time. Yeah, the effect is incredible, and it. I think that makes it all the more annoying when you go if you go and watch Venom and see how fake it looks in that movie because it's so bad. I mean, to me, it also looks a little metallic. Which I'm not crazy about. Like in my mind, I always envision the symbiote as like more of a sludge. Well, um, I'm thinking about like scene like um, the best looking parts are like when the goo is just moving on its own, like the scene where uh, Peter's laying in bed and it starts like crawling over him and like covering his suit. Also, I think it's a, it was a, and you have pointed out Venom being the worst part of the movie, but why did he keep insisting on having Topher Grace's face like why did he always there back the mask? Yeah, why? Yeah, he uh, had this cool design. <laughs> I don't know. Ish. Topher Grace wanted more more screen time. And even he thought he was miscast. Yeah, I don't know. We, we should call Topher Grace what he is. And what is that, Justin? Eric Foreman. <laughs> he yeah. is and always will be just Eric Foreman. Yeah. I still... Like I like the conflict between Peter and Harry, and the the scene where the uh, Sandman's birth scene is incredible. Yeah, Sandman's good. Yeah, yeah. Sandman, like his character, was really good too. I'll give you this: there's a good movie wanting to come out of it, but there's a lot bogging it down. Yeah, I agree. But like, I think. Like when this movie first came out, people were just trashing it, saying it was like one of the worst superhero movies ever made. Like, it is not nearly as bad as people say it was, as people mm. were saying it was at the time. It was my first well, superhero movie ever. Like, well, here's the here's the thing. This was starting to veer back to the Batman and Robins and stuff like that. But we also were haven't experienced the polar opposite yet. The Fan Four Sticks, the Dark Phoenixes, the X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Oh boy! You start. You made a very powerful enemy, my friend. <laughs> I think I've always just in all three of the Raimi Spider Man movies. There's just. They're very different from other superhero movies because they just, they feel so human. Like, mm. a lot of the time, there's like, there's often so many scenes of just 
the characters are just sitting at a table or are just talking about their problems and it's i don't know i just i like that kind of stuff it it often feels like slice of life may i chime in please go for it um i have to say um i actually like spider-man 3 as well i i'm with you eric i think it does get a lot of unnecessary hate because but like Here's the thing. Yeah, it has stupid moments, but one and two have their stupid moments. Why do they get a pass? That's fair. What's a stupid and moment in two? Raining Nucky Bowman on my head. That's not a stupid moment. That is a great moment. Take that back. Oh, gosh. Spread Maybe. the hate. Okay, come on. Let's not I've, always, I've never really liked that scene in the doctor's office with um Oh, the the evil dead scene. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. That seems amazing. With Peter in the doctor's office. When he was talking about his friend oh. who thinks he's Spider-Man. Right, yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know what, or in the first one, the cheesy dialogue. And you know what that is, the cheesy dialogue. With, you have, have you accepted my proposal? Are you in or are you out? It's you who's out, Gobby. Out of your mind. <laughs> you watch the oh, come comments. on. You're forgetting the best line. We'll meet again, Spider-Man. I love that. <laughs> I love like, that. They're just one and two are just as cheap easy as three. But here's a few things I will say about three. Um, like I said, I think the Sandman scene is amazing. Um... I think the um, scene with um, but the thing is, is that Hofer Grace was miscast as Venom, and there were times he looked good, but it was just when he had to hear Eric Foreman open his mouth and try to be a villain. It's just weird, and. I'm just waiting for Red Foreman to come up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your ass, Eric. If you don't get over here." Oh God! <laughs> I think put up you your know, ass. It's it's kind of ironic to me because, like, yeah, that movie the movie definitely does have too many villains, but I guess it's also it, it kind of also works to its advantage in my book because the weakest villain is the one who has the least amount of screen time. Because Harry and Sandman are both great, and they've got way more screen time than Venom does. Yeah, but I think the big problem, and this was more of a marketing mistake than a story mistake, they kind of marketed Venom as the main villain. Yeah, and mm, I, I still not just... really. They marketed Black Suit Spider-Man as the main plot, but Venom was more sparsely in the marketing. But here's how I kind of defend why a lot of people like Spider-Man 1 and 2, but draws a line at 3. With 1 and 2, yes, there's a ton of cheesy moments, but the cheesy moments still pays respect to the characters from the comics. In my opinion, Spider-Man 3 with the exception of 
um, Sandman does not. Also, can we talk about the whole subplot of, oh, yeah, remember that guy you killed in the first movie? Yeah, it turns out he didn't kill your uncle. Yeah, that was. And you know what we say for that, Justin? Should we say that? Oh, how? How convenient. It is just build up a plot convenience. It was for emotional stakes. <laughs> it gave Peter a reason to care about catching Sandman beyond criminal with powers that I must um, that should be reason enough the only yeah, reason that's that's a reason plot convenience that's it's... a reason for Spider-Man to care but that's not a reason for us to care it's but it is just plot convenience. But, you know, I don't really... I think this movie does get a lot of hate, though. So, and a lot of it is unnecessary. And fun fact, this was actually the highest grossing movie until a... Um, until a Spider-Man certain... Far From Home. No. This was the highest grossing comic book movie until, until a certain movie that JT doesn't like came out. Oh... What? Oh, yeah, you're right. You don't like Infinity War? No, no. Oh, he's, the he's next not, year, he's the not next talking year. about that. He's talking about a different one. The Dark Knight. Did we talk? Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago? Yeah, let, let's not even go there. Let's just keep okay. going. <laughs> okay. I think Spider-Man 3 was also like the or one of the most expensive movies ever made 350 million dollar budget that's a pretty probably for that time it was one million dollars it cost them a million dollars per day to film in new york city well yeah it's new york city have you have you ever tried getting permits there (laughs) I Uh, i try to avoid new york city as much as i can oh my god i actually well I filmed my thesis in New York City, so. All right. Any other comments for Spider-Man Three before we go on to our next victim? Yeah, it's good. JT, <laughs> just agree. move on because I we can talk about Spider-Man Three all day. All right, all right. This is not I the Spider-Man show. This hey, this could be the is Spider-Man Three underrated stream. Underrated, Andrew. Yes. Give me an underrated movie that you think is underrated. Okay, uh, it's a Disney one. Okay. Uh. 2002, I believe, uh, Treasure Planet. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yep. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, not I've a lot of people... Do. It's I've a good movie. I like it. it. I watched it um just recently, actually, like, for the first time since probably maybe 20 years or so, or, like, 15. Because I remember seeing this movie once, and that was it. And then I, it's, like, it's on Disney+, Plus. that's how I was able to watch it again. Um, this was like the last one, like the last, like two D animated Disney movies since what? Yes, I believe. Not until, Sorry, go on. I believe until like what Princess and the Frog in two thousand eleven. This was like the last. Oh, 2D. there was there was Home on the Range, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> I forgot all about. That. I remember <laughs> that movie. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no Disney movie called Home on the Range. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
But um, yeah, was it? I feel like this this movie was very unique with its um its art style and stuff like that, and how it was like you know space with regular pirate ships and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it when I was, especially when I was rewatching it. Though um, when I rewatch it, I forgot how fast the movie goes. That story of like treasure planet, like it's a plot point, next plot point. Although it was uh, the villain has arrived, he's betrayed the crew. Next plot point, the friends again. So like it happens really fast, and then there's like a two minute long sequence. It was like some like rock songs in the middle of the movie for, for some reason, like a montage moment. Range. Yeah. And then uh, it's just one of those Disney movies that just didn't get talked about, I feel. One thing that I didn't particularly like about the movie was, uh, well, it's, uh, okay. The animation is a bit weird in this movie because it's a bit too animated at times. Yeah, like, at times every... it does combine with like CGI stuff. Well, that's not what I mean. Like, I mean, look you, at that. You see, like, um, like the characters, like the way they're interacting with the environment. It all looks a bit too like smooth and like. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess you. Like, um, it moves a bit too much. It doesn't. It doesn't always feel like solid. Right. Yeah, I get that. That was one thing I noticed recently. It was um, a lot. They're a lot. They're really fluid with their animation. Yeah, it, like it all. It, it almost felt like everything was like halfway to a liquid. It was <laughs> like um, uh, uh, what's what's the little pink gooey thing? Oh yeah, he literally is a liquid. <laughs> yeah, but it it's funny because like I couldn't always separate him from the environment because the environment always seemed to be just as jellified as he was. Yeah. We're all good. Sorry. I had to do that. That was fun. Right. The animation, I agree with you on that. That's a good point. Yeah, that's pretty much really all I have to say. About that's that. all you got? All right. Yeah. Any other comments for Treasure Planet before we move on to... Uh, we said Bill, Eric, Andrew. Justin, you're next. So any other right. comments before, before Any other Treasure Planet comments? No, not really. All right. What do we got, Justin? All right, so I'm going to start out with kind of an obscure one. This is a sci-fi thriller from 2014 called Predestination, starring Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook. This? Ethan Hawke. Yep. Okay, talk um, I, I, I wouldn't uh, scroll any more than what you're seeing right here. Okay. <laughs> this is a movie I really don't want to spoil too much of. I'm just going to give you the basic premise. Ethan Hawke plays a time cop, basically, who um, is tracking down this terrorist. But during a okay. mission gone wrong, he's disfigured with damage to his vocal cords. He goes undercover to a different time period to get more intel on this terrorist. And what he finds out will shock you all. This is the absolute definition of a mind bender. Has any of you seen this movie? 
I have not. I have not, but it sounds interesting. Yeah. This is the same director who, or directors, I should say, the Spirig brothers, who directed the movie Daybreakers. Okay. Um, it's not super action-packed. It's more of a mind-bending sci-fi drama. And you're just going to be thrown for a wild ride. I know I'm being very vague on this, but if I told you some of the stuff that happens in this movie and who is who, you wouldn't believe me. It's, it's insane. It's, it's a movie that definitely has to be seen at least once. It was only made for $5 million and it only made $5 million. So this movie definitely deserves some more love. Uh, Justin, I just want to chime in on the chat board. We have some viewers in the chat board. Thank you so much for watching, of course. Uh, Sias, I think it's how I say your username. Uh, this isn't the one where he goes back in time to assassinate assassinate himself, is it? And he said, "What movie was that called?" Yep, um, this kind of yeah. Um, did, did did that give away too much? I feel really bad now. It. You just gave away the main twist, it, it it gives away one of the twists. A uh, one of them. But, okay, I'm sorry. I won't say anymore. He uh, no. He, he he's thinking of Looper. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Thank you, Sizes. Um, that's a yeah. It's it's different than Looper, but it's there's shit. You accidentally made me reveal it. <laughs> oh shit! Don't, don't, sorry about that. <laughs> it's a crazy have... movie, and yeah. it definitely needs to be seen at least once. Okay, so sorry about the spoilers there, everyone. That was my fault. Um, Bill will be back with us in a minute. He actually had to dip for a second. Um, so my, one of my underrated films that I'm going to just start off by saying right off the bat is the it's another superhero movie. It's the only superhero movie I have on my list, actually. Is yeah, the, I didn't choose any superhero movies either. I think the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Oh. No, no, no. The only exception for this movie that I cannot is cringe is the teeter totter scene. <laughs> that scene is god awful. But the rest of it, it, I thought was pretty darn decent, especially I cannot emphasize this enough, people. And I want to, Justin and Bill, and Bill's not on yet. I want to do a director's cut movie commentary of this movie. It's really a great movie on its own. If you look at it, the time it was coming out in, and where it stands, yes, it's a yes. It has Electra and Bull, the Bull, Bullseye's head is literally like a, a circular whatever. Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I thought the or casting. Peanuts, of, please. I thought the casting of Kingpin was great. Uh, to be honest with you, but Ben Affleck. Funny story. Ben Affleck took on Daredevil because he never thought he would play Batman. He said, "This is the closest I'll ever get, so why not do this?" And I thought he did a pretty darn good job. I thought the action was choreographed well. I thought that the, um, I thought that his costume because it's 2003. It's right after Spider-Man one, 
Like, I thought it was really good. I, was, I couldn't see it in theaters, of course. But, guys, what's your take on Daredevil the movie? It's dumb. Okay. It's, it didn't age well. I remember seeing this in theaters. Okay. I remember it being way too violent for me to handle at the time. Okay. But, like, the scene with the old lady in the airport, in the airplane like at that time that kind of scarred me <laughs> uh, yeah I could definitely see that yeah um but I think overacted is probably the best word for this movie um I think it was a little glossy on the um uh, on the editing, a little music video-y. Isn't yeah, like I a mean... scene that's like a Sunny D commercial? Oh, my God. Um, what the Evanescence song uh, was it Wake Me Up? I forget what it's called um, exactly, but I know it that's It had not there. one, but two Evanescence songs in it. Yeah, it shows you how dated it is. It really, you're right, though. It did not Wake date me. well. Wake me up, it's <laughs> Um... Anything else? Um, well, I just want to say one more thing. This is actually, I just want to say, um, complete side note. But uh, the reason why, one of the reasons why I, I love the Netflix show as well, when they did that, but mm. to see Daredevil theatrical like this, I thought was great um, for the time being. Um, and honestly, this is complete side note. My, Daredevil is my favorite Marvel character ever. I'm just saying that, that, holds, that holds a little bit more value to me personally, but that's me. Um, so something out of blind superhero kicking ass everywhere i thought that was pretty cool anyways um we're gonna jump over we're gonna skip over bill because he ha- he's still not back yet unfortunately but that's okay who wants to go next eric wants to go next right because uh, you because you, you went after bill right oh uh, yeah sure. well, what is your next uh, what is your number two underrated film this is a dreamworks movie and boss baby uh no I'm kidding. It's actually a good movie. Megamind. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. I forgot about that one. I haven't okay. seen it. But... Yeah, Megamind is very slept on. Yeah, I feel like everyone, I know some people have said the same thing about Megamind. I, I completely agree with this one. Go on. It's funny. Ah. It, came out, it came out the same year as Despicable Me, and I think that might be oh, one really? of the reasons that it went under the people's radar a bit because they are similar movies in some ways but i actually think megamind is better than despicable me okay take a hard feet yeah i um <laughs> i know some people here don't like will ferrell but i think he did really well in this movie and um <sighs> so wait, who here has seen it i have I haven't. Me neither. Me neither. Really? Oh, well, okay. Get on it. Well, is that a live action edit of Megamind down there? To those of you who don't know, the movie is basically. Kind of looks like JP Manu. Oh my God. That's actually scary. <laughs> well, it's like Megamind is the villain and he fights Metro Man, who's basically Superman. And then one day he yeah. just. He just beats him. He just he kills him. And then he's like, well, what do I do now? My God. 
That's a live action one. That's pretty funny. I I'm the only one who can really comment on this one because you guys haven't seen it. This great DreamWorks classic aside from Shrek. Um, this one, I will say it, it was unique. Um, it was it, I, I do remember being amused by it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and I thought it wasn't the Eric, yeah, correct me on this. Wasn't the super like hero guy, Metro Man? Wasn't he the villain towards the end of the movie? Is that right? No, that's uh Jonah Hill's character. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, okay. So like, like the, the best line was like, there's no Easter bunny, there's no tooth fairy, and there's no queen of England. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's Titan, great. Titan, otherwise known as super nice guy. <laughs> oh, God. But not the good kind of nice guy. But um, yeah, uh, the music in the movie is great, too. It's got a great soundtrack. Oh, nice. That's good. Uh, got a... Uh, Guns and Roses, Back in Black, a lot of good ones. Mega Mind Taste. Um, just want to point out. I mean, I know that, and I know that the, th- the three others haven't seen it, but someone in the chat board is uh, watching. Thank you so much. Um, is watching. He says, "Dude, I absolutely love. I, I love this movie. Don't know if you ever heard or uh, I don't know if you ever heard or saw it. I highly recommend it. Was surprisingly good. I saw it in theaters and I was very su- pleased by it. Oh, upgrade. That's um, upgrade. I think I, like." I, this thing is like a bit of an indie film, I believe. Or something oh, like okay. That. But um, you know, I, I know what he's talking about. So. Sorry. I, did, I did watch oh, the movie a, a few months ago. And yeah, I think it, it's actually like a better version of Venom, in my opinion. Like um, the guy Upgrade's gets... a great movie. Yeah. yeah that's what, uh, a lot of people like that one. Yeah, he gets like taken over by an AI. And that, that's all I'll say. Like the AI start, like controls his body. Oh my god, that movie was amazing. That is a very good movie. There's some really cool uh, like action scenes in it. Sweet. All right, so can I? Yeah, are we? Uh, Bill, I know we skipped over you because you were out for a second. Uh, Bill, are you ready to share your next underrated movie? Yes. Sorry, Andrew. Um. Okay. Um. My next one, since we're always, um, we're gonna stay in the realm of animation for a second, and um. Okay. It's a Disney movie. Um. You guys have probably heard me talk about this a thousand times. Yes, Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> he yeah. didn't even need to. Yeah. I didn't even need your suggestion. I just knew what you were talking about. Hunchback of Notre Dame. I think. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it. That was great. I, 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 I talk about this movie a lot here, folks. Sorry, you got to hear me talk about it again. Could Ooh. not agree more. I freaking love this movie. It's um loosely based off the Victor Hugo novel. Um, which is about the hunchback Quasimodo. And I think, I think I think we can all agree greatest comic relief of all time in the Gargoyles. I'm getting beaten by a bird! You're <laughs> no, telling that... me I'm losing to a bird! No, nah, I mean... No seriousness, they're not terrible. I, a lot of people hate them. I actually don't think it's bad. I actually don't think they're that bad. Um, I love you know I love Tom Holes who just the voice of um of Quasi. There's just such a kindness to it, and and also we can't talk talk about without talking about the villain Frollo. 
He has a great movie. Hell fire! Yeah, that one. On fire! It's Such time a great for villain. copyright claims. Oh, God. Um, here you go, Megan. There you go. That's an inside joke between us. But um, anyway, what I also love is, of course, the music. Of course, Hellfire, which is the best Disney villain song. Um... The oh, because I just love how they make Frollo so complex. And you know, you've heard me say this before. The song, the beforehand, Heaven's Light. I think it's like a good contradictory because you have you have um, Quasi who views Frollo who views um, Esmeralda as like an angel, and then you have Frollo who views her as the devil. And I just absolutely. Love it. And I also love the opening, The Bells of Notre Dame. Yeah. That's a good one. And it just, it does what the story is supposed to do. Tell you how the people's feeling and push the story along. And you know, here's okay. a controversy about the music. I think I actually might like the soundtrack better than the Lion King soundtrack. <clears throat> Okay, are huh. people with torches and pitchforks coming to my house now? Honestly, it's a tough call, so. What was that? Honestly, it's a tough call because this is probably one of Mankin's best works. Yeah, I think this is Mankin's best work because I this came out at the latter end of the Disney renaissance. You know, the beginning and end was all the, the big ones, you know. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. This was more the, when it went from hit after hit after hit after hit to hit and miss. You had, um, you know, you had Pocahontas, you had Hunchback, you had Hercules, Mulan, and then Tarzan. But I think this is, this is so overlooked. And I, I, it's kind of gained a bit of a cult following now. As it should. The animation, fantastic. Characters are great. The music, like I said, is amazing. I think this movie needs to get more appreciation. I think God Help the Outcast is also really underrated. I agree. I agree. I love, I love that one. I really do agree. Um. And I love um, I love Esmeralda's voice in that song. Yeah, it is really. Yeah, I I really like it, and I just hope it really gets much more appreciation. Now, before we move on, live action remake of Hunchback. How do you think that would go? Um, not well. I at think this Disney point, sit up. At this point, I am losing faith that uh good live-action remake of anything would be possible, so... I mean, I liked The Jungle Book. I still haven't seen it. It's pretty good. I liked it, but um, yeah, one of my favorites. My my brother, who grew up watching the original Jungle Book like every week, he thinks the live-action one's better. Uh, yeah, that the live action was pretty good. 
It's just, I remember the biggest case, and that was the Lion King, is literally just a copy and paste, just in live action. You know what? Disney live action remakes, I think that's a conversation for another video. Yeah, that is, that's another video. We can well, go that's about six guys back on. Get about six beers. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's like March 17th all over again, right, Bill? Oh, yeah, it's St. Patty's Day slash my birthday all over again. Oh, boy. I love Guinness. Yeah, you still Guinness in the fridge. Any other comments regarding Hunchback? Anyone going once, twice? A Andrew, what do you got? Oh, my next one. Um, I wouldn't really. I guess it's kind of cheap. I'm not sure. It's not really underrated, but um, yeah. A uh, Pacific Rim. I can see that. Uh, I can I count that. I'll count that. Yeah. This. No one talks about how fun this movie was and how it was robbed by its sequel the sequel sucked all right i'm just going to lay it out right there. the sequel of this movie calling was, it out <laughs> was terrible but the first one was just so good it was the, the 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 giant robots they had so much like you could feel the weight to them with each step they took and like whenever there was a giant punches like it was almost as if you would feel that and then also then the giant the excellent the, the monster designs in the soundtrack, and that's how the robots looked. Was amazing. Any comments on Pacific Rim? Sorry, I haven't seen it, so but it looks it. From what I've seen of it, it looks amazing. Yeah, no, it was um, there was a lot of uh, what was it inspiration from an anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion that Guillermo del Toro took inspiration from. Um, but other than that, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Just don't watch the sequel. Is the sequel Noted. bad? Yes, it was really bad. I hated it. Eric, you were going to say something? Guillermo del Toro certainly has some range, huh? He goes from this to making a love story between a woman and a fish dude. <laughs> oh yeah, the fish sex movie. Yeah, that that fish sex movie that won Best Picture. Yeah. God. And that'll I, I'll be the only thing I'll be remembered for is the fish sex. Doesn't it take place in like the same universe as Hellboy or something that everyone jokes about? Well, they were both the fish dudes were played by Doug Jones. <laughs> there you go. And the costume design was probably done by the same person. Aguilar de Toyo, famous director. Did you also make the fish sex movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Or um, Aguilar de Toyo. Oh, my Guillermo God. De Toyo. Hey, that's what... He won Best Picture, so I think he can handle it. He's laughing his way to the bank. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts... Oh, hey, I uh, just want to say, uh, Anthony Kent, welcome to the chat board. It hey, not... Anthony, long time no see, pal. Welcome uh, back. <laughs> I'm assuming you know Bill. Uh, it made lots of money, but I think people give, people give Pacific Rim a hard time. It is so much fun. Yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. It's, it's an incredibly fun movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I can't speak, but I remember uh, it being remembered as a Transformers knockoff. It's right. better than Transformers, believe me. 
Michael Bay, anything is better than Michael Bay. <laughs> no, no, you said right, Michael Boo. Mike Bumblebee was better than any Transformers because Michael Bay wasn't involved with it. Bumblebee yeah. was a pretty good movie, I will say that. Yeah. All right, who's up next? Justin, you're up next. What's your next underrated film? What's your second All one? All right, so my next film is probably my favorite movie of 2016. Um, besides Deadpool and Civil War and any other comic book movies I liked from that. And Suicide Squad. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Martha! Anyways. Anyways, this is a movie that got a little love in the, at the box office, opened up at number four. Um, this is The Nice Guys. This is a movie with no, Russell Crowe nope. and Brian Gosling. Takes place in the 1970s LA. I remember it. I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, we saw this together. Yep. It's, no. it's an amazing movie with two amazing performances from these two. They're having a blast in the, these roles. Um, Ryan Gosling plays this drunk um, widower who's a PI and he's looking for uh, the niece of an old lady that he's hired by who's assumed to be dead, but... Um, and then it just unraveled into this, this huge conspiracy against um, against big uh, big steel, I guess it was. And it's just a wild ride with wild performances, wild comedy. It's just a fun ride. Um, there's this one line in the movie. He, uh, Ryan Gosling's taken his daughter, played by Andre Rice, um, who you might know from the Spider-Man uh, MCU movies, plays Betty Brant. Um, they're at a party, and you know he's getting annoyed. He's like, "Jesus Christ!" And one of the girls is like, "You just used the Lord's name in vain." And he's like, "No, I didn't, Janet." I actually found it very useful. And, you know, it's lines like that that I just love. Uh, this is directed by Shane Black, who's the same guy who did uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3. And the Predator and he, reboot. Yes, well... <laughs> in his defense, he... I believe he was the writer of, like, the original Predator movie. He was in the movie. Shane Black was Hawkins in Predator, and yeah, he, he wrote was, all four Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, he was like, the and that he film. was the writer of the Lethal Weapons movies. He did Monster Squad, oh, which, wow. yeah. So <laughs> no comment. <laughs> he's not. He's not a bad director. No, he's not a bad writer. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is an amazing movie. Um. This is an amazing movie. Um, Predator reboot. Hey, I haven't seen it. Iron Man 3 has its moments. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Remember, hey, remember this line from the movie, The Nice Guys? Remember, isn't this a 
and when Russell Crowe slams some guy's head on the bar and he goes, isn't this the part we're supposed to offer me 20 bucks? Or we're in a recession. <laughs> um, and then um, the, the beginning of the movie, Russell Crowe just finds to spend time beating up herbs. Remember, do you know so-and-so? Yes. Boom! Boom. Stay away from her. Remember that, Justin? <laughs> oh, Boom. my God. Stay away from her. That seems hilarious. Yeah, it's... Or remember the scene when they compared like one of the women to um, Hitler, and and he, he's like speaking mock German, and Ryan Gosling is speaking mock German, and Russell goes, nang, nang, nang. yeah, and then Kim Basinger is like, what's he doing? He's like, I think he's insinuating that you are like Adolf Hitler. Yeah, this was a good movie. This was a really good movie. All right, we saw it together. And the comments. Yeah, but Matt Hamlin in the chat board. I remember you guys, Bill and Justin, doing a car review of the Nice Guys. LOL, lovely. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did, Matt. Thank oh. you for remembering. All right. Any other last minute thoughts on, on the Nice Guys? One, two. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh, hold on, Justin. Let me do the record scratch. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a bad. It's a bad movie. Oh boy! Please state your case, Mister Breathout. How do you say your last name? Brett Hauer. Mr. Oh, Brett Hauer, please state your case. Well, besides Russell Crowe's terrible acting and Ryan Gosling being painfully unfunny, uh, yeah, that movie was pretty tough to get through. Mr. Favaro, do you have any response to Mr. Brett Hauer? You didn't find, you didn't find Ryan Gosling funny? Nope. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, the only character I really liked in that movie was the daughter. Okay, she was fair. Cool. She was awesome. Yeah, uh, other than that, I found that movie very annoying. All right. I guess it's my turn then after that last minute remark. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about this. I am going to say the la most recent Terminator film because hear me out. I, I understand that we all, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm about to get shit on for like some no re for more reason, but hear get me out. Forks, get your bitch forks. Bill, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, to be fair, I saw Genesis or Genesis, whatever the the weird spelling of it. I saw Did that. In yeah, whatever it was. Like I saw them in theaters at first. There was the first one that Arnold was back in for a while. Whatever. It's no secret and surprise here in the Superview show that I'm a big Terminator fan. I love the franchise. The first, there's only three, there's only two films. But when this one came along, I was like, okay, this one actually had. I was sitting in the theater and I thought it had a decent input by James Cameron. Linda Hamilton was back as an older Sarah Connor, ready to kill and kick ass and uh, all these people. The the target was I thought she was great. Uh, I I don't know her like the actor's name offhand, but Arnold apparently was a Terminator that misfired, and is uh, uh, there was sent back in time to not assassinate someone. I actually thought it had some decent elements to it, which made it shine. Yes, but was it a great film? No. Was it a, was it a decent film? I thought it was pretty decent. Anyways, tell me why I'm right or wrong. Anyone go? Uh, 
it well it you're pulled, half right it pulls okay. an it pulls an alien three and kills john connor right at the start which yeah. invalidates the last two movies yeah exactly here's the thing you can defend the decision in the first five minutes to kill john connor if this was a better movie right i agree but this movie was redundant and repetitive i agree with you on that even though i liked it even i liked it i agree with you on that okay skynet's no longer a thing instead we have another Skynet. Skynet 2. Legion. Legion. Okay, who's Legion? It's Skynet. Yeah, it's pretending that it's doing something But look, this new, Terminator can turn into two Terminators. I, okay, I thought that was like a cool idea where like he could he could mold his his uh, his exoskeleton and like be a separate thing. How but, about this? Terminators. You have my attention. Send uh, an army of Terminators into the past. Instead of one? That's not bad. Instead I like that. Instead of one. Instead yeah. of constantly fighting one Terminator, bring Judgment Day to the past. You know what? You know what's something that happened in Dark Fate that really annoyed me? What? You remember in the first Terminator movie when Kyle Reese is explaining to Sarah, like, at the Terminator, it can't be bargained with or reasoned with. It doesn't. Yeah. There's a scene, like, at the end where the one that's trying to kill the girl, he stops and he tries to bargain with the people protecting her to try to get them to give her up. Like, continuity? I don't know. I just. I mean, here's the thing, though. That doesn't seem like something. you can argue that Terminator 2 uh, broke that rule, too, because John Connor Fair kind point. of had to bargain with uh, the T-800 not to kill yeah. anyone. Yeah, but the, oh, T- the like, T-800 was programmed to uh, obey John, so that wasn't like... The T-800 in that movie wasn't programmed to kill anyone specifically. It was just... He could if he needed to, but but he also was ordered to obey John. So it's not lo- breaking any lore there. But in this movie, uh, I don't know what the robot's called in this movie, but Rep he, nine. like like you know how in like Terminator Two when the two robots are fighting with each other, they're not talking to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what it should have been like. He he's like the Terminator shouldn't be except for the to... cool one-liner. It, okay, yeah. Bes- besides that, well, the guy was frozen; he couldn't hear. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Just the Terminator in this movie, him trying to like bargain with the heroes. It just seemed that didn't seem like something the Terminator is supposed to do. Yeah. Andrew, anything? Uh, for Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah. I don't know the timeline. It's, uh... Okay. Don't worry about it then. <laughs> I don't, I've only seen Terminator 1. I've seen it, and I... Sorry, I don't remember it. It's fine. It's, I mean, 
solid enough as an action movie. Yes, the action was top notch. I will give it that. Um, the effects were hit or miss. Well, the air, the airplane fight. Yeah, I can. That yeah. was not There's great. a couple scenes where like the evil Terminator is like running around and jumping really high, and it looks pretty fake. Yeah. But yeah, they're not all bad. The mm. Arnold, uh, what they did with him, those effects were pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, hey, I thought he, I thought his the way he did it him was great. Personally, um, any other also, comment? He was yeah. also pretty funny in the movie. I, he he I, was. I just want to say about Arnold. Um, recently with his um, a few weeks ago he was getting his COVID shot, and they showed a video of him and he's like and afterward when he got his first shot he goes come with me if you want to be i'll be back in four weeks to get my second shot that's funny <laughs> that's great oh arnold he's so self-aware he's so the ai it's become self-aware ah. all right he's just Anyways. so in like the best way possible. That was my choice. Terminator. Who's next? Who? Bill, you go next, right? For your third one, right? Yeah, this is number three. What number three? What's your number three? Okay, I'm sorry, guys. We got to go back to obscure world. Um, oh, God. <laughs> my sex tape. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I did not make a sex tape. Um. <laughs> I did not make a sex tape. Nobody go research that. Um, Zach and Mary make a porno. <laughs> anyway, um, no, this is a movie that was made in 2008. It's called Valkyrie. Oh, I've heard of uh, I, 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 I know this one. I saw I've it. heard of this one. I, now, Valkyrie, it's, it's a Tom Cruise movie, um, right? Yes, Tom Cruise. I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember liking it okay. Yeah. The movie Valkyrie, it's actually, it's based on a true story. Yeah, this was the assassination attempt to kill Hitler. Yes. Um, on July 20th, 1944. The, um, the, the head of the operation is played by um, Tom Cruise as Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg. Yes, your top choice to play a German. Yeah, right. Have you ever noticed, side, quick side tangent here, folks. Have you ever noticed when they get someone to play a foreign country, they always pick someone British? Aside from Tom Cruise, they always pick someone British. Has anyone ever noticed that? I yeah, because so. that's all Americans can think of when they think Europe is British for some reason. Britain! Yeah. Um. Anyway, but and German's it, not an easy an easy accent. Like a few people but, can pull it off. Uh, yeah, I know. Gary Johansson pulled it off really well in Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah. But anyway, what I was saying about um Valkyrie, I love it because it's a part of history we don't really know about. Like, and also a historical fact is. Those are the only German soldiers who are honored from World War II. And um, it's just it's just so, you know, because, you know, there's one quote that is floated around, goes, we have to show the world that not all of us were like him, meaning Hitler. And I just, 
there's a few scenes that I love so much, like, and it's like all towards the end when first, when um, they're like, when after the bomb goes off to attempt to kill Hitler, um, and like nothing has been declared, uh-huh. like through Operation Valkyrie, and Tom Cruise is talking to one of the generals and he's going, we have no confirmation that Hitler is dead. He goes, damn it! He's like, listen, forget about Germany, forget about Europe, your lives are in danger. I saw the blast. He's dead. If you want to make it through the night, you better do as I say. And then and then they initiate Operation Valkyrie and then and there is a scene when Tom Cruise comes back to headquarters and and, you know, he thinks that this is going to go bad. And then everyone is there. They're showing their ID cards. So like, Colonel Stauffenberg, we're reporting for duty. And he's like, thank you for being here today. And and one of the guys who runs it with him comes and says, and says, we have full support of the Berlin police. He said, we will not interfere. And then he goes, thank you for being here. You know what must be done. By nightfall, I want to know that Hitler's Germany has seen its last sunrise. And then, okay, this is a spoiler, but this this is a true story. You could Google this shit. Google it exists. Yep. Um, it turns out that Hitler is alive, and the plan goes down, and then it shows them. And then it shows them getting arrested and unfortunately the executions that happen. Um, once, I love, I love the writing in the final speech when they're showing, you may hand us over to the executioner, but in three months time, the allies will come, they will find you and they will carry you to the dirt in your streets. And, and of course, how um, Stauffenberg who gets killed by firing squad, somebody takes the first bullet for him and then his proposed last words again does anybody really know what he said once you think about it but his last words are long live sacred germany they shoot him and then that last scene is just a close-up on stauffenberg's body and and said klaus von stauffenberg executed july 21st 1944 and then it's just dead quiet and it shows a flashback with Stauffenberg with his wife. And then it just, and yeah, it's just such a really interesting part. And again, I think this is, and this may sound weird, but I think, and you gentlemen can comment on this. I think it's kind of interesting to get it from the German's perspective. I don't know what you guys think, but, mm-hmm. and shows that not all Germans were necessarily Nazis. I am going to open the floor. What do you guys think? Any comments? I thought this movie was... I remember seeing this in theaters when I was like... What, 2008? I don't know how old I was then. Uh, let me check. But, well, um, I'm older than you, so... 2008. Yeah, but I remember seeing this in theaters when it came out, and... um, I was already, like 13, 14. Yeah, somewhere around that age. Yeah, but I remember this, this was this was a good movie. I agree with um not many people talking about this. This is a definitely slept on a bit. Even though they has like Tom Cruise as the main lead playing a German. I think if you look past that, you can 
look into an interesting part of history. Yeah. I remember Mythbusters, they tested out the theory of um the whole entire because I remember the original plan for the bomb to kill Hitler was that it was gonna be an underground bunker, but then they moved it to a different location, like an above ground. I remember Mythbusters actually testing out like the difference between those two. And actually like confirming like, yeah, if it was in the underground bunker, they would have succeeded in the mission, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, because they said if it was originally in the bunker, Hitler would have been severely injured or killed. Yeah. All right. Eric? And, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Eric? I was going to say, who else, who else wanted to comment? Uh, I've never seen this movie. Okay. Justin. <laughs> um. I, I saw this movie when it first came out. Haven't seen it since. I remember liking it okay. It's a great story. I I think Tom Cruise was the weird choice to play uh, Kevin von Stauffenberg, but uh, he, it's unfortunate that uh, the director is who he is, but the Fine movie itself, yeah, but I think the movie itself was pretty okay. I mean, how can I mean, how can you get by that? This thing. I remember at the beginning of the movie, they have like someone speaking German, like him, like writing in his uh, like his journal, and like it's being narrated in German with English subtitles, and then eventually, like it morphs into English with Tom Cruise doing the narration. Hmm. All right. And don't and don't worry, folks. This was three years after. I'm in love with Katie Holmes. I'm in love with Katie Holmes. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to make a Tom Cruise joke. Yeah, I love him to death, though. He's we are entitled guy. to one Tom Cruise joke per per reference of him. Am I right, Justin? Okay, Justin has nothing to say on the matter. All right, anyone else? We are entitled to one Tom Cruise joke. Anyone else for Valkyrie? Anyone else commenting? Going once? We didn't. Bill? I'll keep track. And who goes next? I'm sorry. Eric? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Eric, go ahead. What do you got? Uh, Batman Returns. Yes! <laughs> Someone's happy. Uh, yes! Eric. That is definitely one of the better Batman oh, in my opinion. I agree. I completely agree. Yes. Two fantastic villains, like S-tier villains. The best portrayal of Catwoman ever. I, mean, I agree on Catwoman. How could we not? Michelle. This one looks like a Christmas. That, that, that made me a man. Well. That costume, too. The costume work was great. I mean, Tim Tim Burton directed this too, right? I just want to make sure. This movie yes. made me ask you not tell? <laughs> myself questions I never knew I needed to ask myself. It's okay. We, I get, we can show this on camera. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, um, We're all adults here. Kids, go watch a Pixar. We actually, no, kids, it's past your bedtime. Go to bed. And <laughs> Danny DeVito <laughs> as the penguin. Uh, Tim, Incredible. can we cut? I'm feeling a little uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> like that cat baby's on the set. Uh, 
But yeah, I love this movie. It's honestly, I think I might have rewatched. I'm gonna this ride this city like a hawk from hell. I think this oh, might yeah. be the Batman movie I've watched more than any other. It's fantastic. Santa Claus, afraid not. Infinitely yeah. quotable. <laughs> yeah. Your unadulterated Burton. Yeah, it's they just the studio wasn't holding him back last like the last one. He was let loose. He could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, John Peters didn't have him on a leash anymore. Um, I just think this movie's okay. It's not. I'm sorry, Eric, but I would say this is probably one of my least favorites. Not a fan of Tim Burton? Oh, no, no, I love Tim Burton. Story. I love Tim Burton. I tried doing a whole Tim Burton month last year. It didn't work out so well. Uh, that's all right. Hashtag lack of motivation. Um, maybe next year I'll come back. Stay tuned. Um, no, I do like Michael Keaton as Batman. I like, I really do like um, Selena. I like, um, what's her face? Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. The reason I became a man. <laughs> um, okay. I know the reason why he doesn't like this movie as much as we do. Okay, what is it? It's Penguin. Yeah, he kind of weirds me out a little is bit. Is that really why? But you got Danny is, is it because he's not like the comic Penguin? Well, it's just... Okay. Here's how I would describe Penguin. Um... Okay, I'm not a comic book purist. I hate comic book purists. Um, then you hate me. No, I don't. I don't hate you, JT. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, but no, Justin, you've heard me go on purist rants before. Um, watch my Burton review of the first Bat. My Burton month review of the first Batman, and you get to go hear my com- my my comic book purist rant. Um, but the thing is. It's just like, you know, there are parts that he is funny, but there's just parts that it's just weird and uncomfortable. Like the whole, he's like your uncle at Thanksgiving dinner who never got married. You're sitting there thinking, hmm, I wonder why Uncle John never got married. And then he said, said some shit like that. He goes, that's why. Um, and then he turns around and bites your other uncle's nose off. Oh my God, yes. Or just that part with the, here, have a button. <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely a pervert. Bad touch, bad touch. <laughs> oh hey, my God. But anyway, we have we have a good time here. Hey, um, anyway, no, um, give him a break. He was in the sewer all his life. He'd never met a woman before, <laughs> unless it's a woman penguin. But then, um, yeah, and yeah, I got some issues with this movie, and I'm sorry they need to be heard. Um, um. But Alina, you know, there are some things that, and Bruce. You know, I of course love like Batman. I of course love love with Penguin. Go, welcome to the Oswald Cobblepot score driving. <laughs> yeah, that I think this may be a bad time for me to mention my license is expired. <laughs> like I played this city like a hawk from hell. I played this city like a hawk from hell at the speech. And then people start throwing shit at him. 
Why does everyone bring tomatoes to a speech? Um, yeah, but the thing is that really bugs me is the ending. Which with, part of the ending? Like, like with the, um... How it tries to make us feel bad for the penguin with Like, the we're supposed to be funeral. for his downfall, but yet at the same time, find it tragic. Like, it kind of sends a little bit of a mixed message. Well... JT, type in penguin's death. Well... I mean, it's not like this is the first time to you've seen like such a hateable villain have oh, like God. Have a, live on camera sympathy. What? Uh, live on camera, kids. Um, oh, hey, well, picture. But like, here's the other thing, though. It's you know, Burton tries to you know, first part. Because here's the thing, and okay, maybe I was a little too harsh on Danny. DeVito in my Burton month review, but the thing is, it's like Tim Burton, okay, in the first half, he tries to make us feel sorry for him in the second half when of the movie when when Penguin gets excluded. Hey, Tim, you've done this before. You should know you directed this movie. It's called Edward Cinderhands! <laughs> and the reason... Why it worked so well in Edward Scissorhands because Edward was likable and he was innocent. And, like, I know he's not, Penguin's not supposed to be likable and innocent, but you can't use that same formula because it worked with Edward because Edward was likable. But Penguin is, and you can't use the same damn thing. Well, I think you can. I'm well, sorry, I almost gave it's myself. Called the, it's called the a director's trademark. I mean, that is a bit of like a broad formula, and it's only a small part of the Penguin's character. Like, yeah, on some level, he wants to be accepted by society, but he's also very angry at society in the first place for casting him out. And hence the whole. Oh my god! <laughs> I had to share that. That was too good. Um, yeah. hence, hence the whole uh, taking the firstborns and drowning them. Yeah. That is the only time I will accept a Batman smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and all right, any other comments on Batman Returns? Eric's pick. Any other comments? Questions? Concerns? Sorry, hold on. Any other comments? Questions? Concerns? Going once, twice. Um, Bruce, Justin, why are you dressed up like Batman? Because he is Batman, Batman. you oh, moron. We didn't even talk about Christopher Walken. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! How can you not like Christopher Santa Claus? Afraid not. Uh, oh, also, can we acknowledge this movie might be one of the only superhero movies to properly balance three main villains? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this movie did it pretty well. Batman uh, ret uh, Returns? Yeah, mm -hmm. like, they all have stakes in the story, and they all have, like, relationships with each other and and Batman in, in one way or another. Yeah. And honest, honestly, like, the big villain of the movie is the one that was made for the movie, Max Shrek. He really is the centerpiece of these two characters' villainy. Like, his actions probably amplified Oswald Cobb's 
vendetta against society. Um, he was directly responsible for Catwoman's origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Matt Hemsley in the chat says the opening scene of Batman Returns is one of the most disturbing moments in any movie ever. And it's amazing. Quoted um, Ben the Sage when he did the review with um, Film Brain. They gave him birth to something so horrible, it had to reenact the movie Basket Case. Oh, God. All right. Any other comments from Batman Returns before we move on? Just wondering. Any comments, questions, concerns? I'm Go good. Ahead. I got, it's, I got everything on my chest. It's an amazing movie. It's Did you get your rant at, Bill? Yes. Good. Andrew, go it's ahead. Amazing. Go ahead, Jackson. Go ahead, real quick. It's an amazing movie. It's burned unhinged and four stars. And the nipples. Sorry, wrong movie. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> Anyways, Andrew, go ahead. Talk to me. All right. Uh, so my next Andrea movie, Um, it did well critically but didn't do well at the box office and it had a sequel with the same issue which it did well critically but terrible box office and that's gonna be blade runner Ooh. Mm, yeah yeah the first one sorry uh, yeah the first one okay didn't people I... Not, I have yet to see the second one didn't people not really like the, the first, first one when one. it like came out and it, but it kind of gained traction later on yeah it's sort of like i guess it gained like a cult following but, um, From what yeah. I understand, the movie it's probably something I'd have to watch multiple times to really appreciate. Yeah, it it definitely requires multiple viewings. But um, I have I got this like on DVD because I saw like, hey, I haven't seen this movie before. Why not get it? So then I went out and bought it on DVD. But um, for the t- the time when this came out, I mean, like for the like when it came out, the the, the visuals in this movie were amazing. And the storytelling was expertly done. Like Ridley Scott directed it greatly, and um, I think was it. There's a bunch of um, like long moments in the movie where it's like it's it's not an action movie at all. It's a more like a drama, I guess I can say. It's um, like a, a noir. Yeah, noir. The at the a detective one, because he is um the main character is like a detective. He has to find like four replicants, I believe that they're called. Okay. Yep. And um. And with this, they, they escaped like this, like Mars colony, and he has to like find throughout the city, and then this whole entire like this mental thing where it's implied that he is a replicant as well, because the whole thing is replicants they are like implanted with memories, but they don't, they only have like like a like what, a year long like life cycle or something like that, or like they don't live long, so like they have these fake memories in their minds, and like it's suggested in the movie that the main character is a replicant but like they never it's like up to the the viewer to the side like that whole entire thing but um but then the sequel completely oh yeah i haven't seen the sequel yet well the fact that it takes place 30 years later completely erases that theory oh yeah um but i remember was it it's also it's based on a um a light novel a light novel a uh a short story I got from my brother for Christmas it's called uh, "Do Android Dra- Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" That's what the main that's what the inspiration for the the movie was based on. Um, so if you haven't read that, you might want to read that as well. If you haven't seen the movie, but yeah, this is um good the the name of that name because like you don't dream of sheep, you count sheep to fall asleep. Yeah, I guess the main point of this do, do androids dream. 
that's the whole entire thing. Yeah, I know. Like the ending of that of the first Blade Runner was fantastic. Was like, like that the, ending monologue. I just like, like to ruin that title for people. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's what I have to say on this movie. Any other comments for Blade Runner? The music is. Oh yeah. Is I haven't seen the incredible. first movie, so I have no comment. We saw the second one together, though, Justin. Remember? Yeah. You must have been confused. Yes, and it was like yeah. nearly three hours long. Oh God. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be a bit confused if you haven't watched the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, I have no comments. Okay. Any um going once, twice sold? We good? So good. Justin, you're up, then me. Go ahead. Might be the All right, so oh. I'm hoping that this one everyone likes. I hope everyone's seen this one. Bill, I'm not sure if you've seen this one, but I recommend it. By Raskar's Hammer, by the Sons of, hang on. Hmm? What's it called? Give me a sec. the movie. Oh, probably. Chat right. keep it up, guys. You by Raskar's Hammer, by the Sons of Warven. You shall be avenged. I'm talking Galaxy Quest. Great Never pick. Seen it. Never seen it. Never seen this movie? I okay. I've only seen half of it. Andrew, can you vouch for it or no? No, I have not seen this. Okay, okay. I I will probably be the only one commenting, but Justin, go on. If you like Star Trek, even remotely, or if you think Star Trek is so stupid if you're in either of those camps you're going to adore this movie so um it's like the the space balls of star trek that's what i'm assuming yes and no so yes in that is so absurd in its premise like some of the jokes are a little lowbrow but the premise is it's such a meta premise because these aren't these are actors from a fictional Star Trek esque television show. Yep. Who are mistaken for actual space heroes by aliens, by actual aliens. So they are abducted to help them in defeating these evil aliens. And, you know, Tim Allen's playing the Bill Shatner type, you know, the arrogant um, actor who relishes in the fame of going to these cons. You have the late, great Alan Rickman in a ridiculous, Ridiculous headwear, who's obviously supposed to be a send-up of Spock. Um, yep. Who just resents 
this typecasting that he's experienced from from being part of the show because all his he's known for now is the show. You have um, Sigourney Weaver playing the love interest uh, in the show who, again, resentful for a time. You have... Um, oh, my God. You have Sam Rockwell as, like, this Will Wheaton type. You know, the 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 actor who plays a character that no one likes. And he's aware of this, and he's so jaded by the experience. So that when all this fantastic shit's happening, they're like, we're so out of our league, we're so out of our league. Um, And by the end, they actually come into their own characters. Like, I said the line that um, Alan Rickman's character said in the beginning, um he would say it so begrudgedly to fans at these fan conventions. And then when he's watching one of these aliens die, he says it with such compassion and intent. He wants to avenge this alien that sacrificed himself for him. He says the line that this alien has, worshipped these the show as historical archives yeah and it's it's so smart and so stupid and it's so amazing i can i chime in are you good okay i i have only seen literally half of it but I do know what Justin's talking about. So basically, to condense what Justin is saying down a little bit, uh, Sorry. Um, basically, no, 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 no. You're complete. You did an ex Bravo. You did an excellent job telling you, telling all oh, of us man. how well, how f- f- great this movie. It's Anthony Kent, the chat board pointed this out. And I just want to point this out to all of you. Even Trekkies or Trekkers consider they love this movie. Why? It's considered because the it's- seventh best Star Trek movie by Star Trek fans. Yeah, literally, because it, it's it. Okay, so like uh, the the actors playing these characters are literally like actors on the show that they played. Oh, it's like, it's like it's like every nerd's dream. Like, oh, I get to meet the actor on the show. So sure enough, but then they actually, as characters, they actually have to fight off real life aliens. It's pretty. It's a really unique premise. It's really clever on how they do it. I, I for the three of you who are on this panel and those of you who are at home watching this. I personally cannot, re- I know Justin cannot recommend this enough. I can't recommend this enough. Go home, watch Galaxy Quest, and get back to us. I completely and utterly agree with Justin on this one. Bravo, my friend. You did a good job. That was Even a good if you're not a Star now. Trek fan, yeah. this is <laughs> something you need to watch. Even if you hate Star Wars or Star Trek or sci-fi films, Battlestar Galactica, whatever, just watch this show, uh, movie and you will be... It's really great for what for what it is. Truthfully, I re- I personally recommend it, and Justin does too. But like, because it it doesn't only make fun of the show, it makes fun of the fans. Yeah, and literally, it, and it does not hold back. So many so, so many hardcore die hard like bleed Star Trek fans are like I love this movie. 
So I, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's a, it's a fun watch for if you're, if you're into like sci-fi and interesting premises, this is one definitely to check out. And plus it came out in what? 99. Is that right? Yeah. 1999. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Are, any other last final comments for galaxy quest at all from anyone? Any other thing you want to know? Or anything it, good? So I can't speak much. So I can't speak on the matter. Okay. Eric, Andrew, anything or no? I'm good. Never seen it. And I'm only indifferent to star Trek. So gotcha I don't, either way it's, it's i don't think i have much to contribute here it's all right uh, it's all what, do you, what do you think about like the star trek fan base they're really die hard i'll tell you that yeah really yeah. like 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 you think star wars no fancy andrew like no like star wars fans are die hard star trek fans are like like oozing blood die hard all so. i really know about star trek fans is that I think they don't like Into Darkness. <laughs> Which, uh, funny enough, that's the only Star Trek movie I've ever seen. That's right. Eric, you and I will talk. Eric, you and I, Wrath of Khan is the best one. Anyway. Anyways, anyways oh! I'm going to give you... Yes. This is my pick for my number three. Um... I'm going last, of course. Then we'll go to four, and then if because I know I know some of our hosts tonight only have four picks, so when they're done, uh, we'll just finish off after that. No, so I go. got one. I, I got one more. So oh, you got you got you I, have I five. Have, I have a fifth. You have yeah. a fifth. Okay, just checking. All right, good. My number three out of five, and this is again mine is no no particular order. Ratatouille, oh, not the yeah. food, the movie, <laughs> the movie. God damn yeah, it. Okay. I, I was going to say, the I'm, movie. I'm, I'm not an eggplant fan, so. I know. Sorry. I, buy that. I don't know. Ratatouille it might be the, the most underrated Pixar film out there, I think, in That's my opinion. Good one. And I, uh, Andrew's, a- Andrew's dying behind the scenes over there. He's like, what the, the hell? Bottom left corner. <laughs> I don't know. Does this even count? <laughs> oh, no. Underrated. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. We, should, we shouldn't be showing this on camera. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everyone. I don't uh, know. Let me get a picture and fix it. Hold on. Like it did well critically, and it made a lot of money. And it- I know, I've never it's seen the it first Pixar movie it. to tackle uh, drug abuse. It won That's best true. animated movie, didn't it? I think so, but I think, but as far as like, I think the general consciousness goes. When I, when you think of when like if someone sent to me like, hey, what's your favorite Pixar movie? I'm like, Toy Story or Monsters Incorporated or Up. Ratatouille is towards the bottom of the list in my head. Uh, for you guys, it might be a different story, but I think Ratatouille is a fantastic animated movie, personally. And I think it's high. I will go as far as it's highly underrated as a Pixar movie. It's such a great, like, cute, uh, cute, fun film. You know, the chef here and his, and he, he, he mentioned, like, it's in Paris, a wee wee bonjour, whatever. Like, you know, like, come on. It, I thought it was fantastic. And I, I don't hear anyone else talk about it amongst the, the Pixar like greats. So, anyways, comments, concerns. I think one reason for that is Brad Bird's animated movies tend to be more like mature than a lot of the other yeah. ones. Yeah, that's and so there's a lot of dialogue in his movies that is definitely more geared towards adults. Yeah. So, like, you got the scene in Incredibles where they're talking about insurance and. You you have these scenes in Ratatouille. That's my favorite scene. You have the scene in Ratatouille where uh, Skinner's talking to his lawyer about like what happens to like the restaurant if it turns out that like Linguini is Gusto's son and like 
like that kind of dialogue is not something that a kid is going to pay that much attention to, or at least in most cases. So I mean, I can see why most of Brad Bird's movies are not that highly rated Uh, when, when you compare them with other Pixar movies. Yeah, but they are they are still really good. Yeah, he's a great director too. He directed Mission Impossible Four. You know, he's a great guy. Ratatouille, anyone? The only the only dud Brad Bird's really had was the uh, Incredibles two. No, uh, what was it called? Imagination Land or something like that. Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Thank you. I was gonna say, did Brad Bird make that South Park special, Imagination Land? Uh, I mean, maybe. That <laughs> <laughs> to make a major step down in animation for that, but I'm sorry, I have to look at this. Go, keep going. Um, <laughs> I think JT. Yeah, I remember crushed. seeing this in theaters. Um, I remember liking it. Um. I don't remember loving it, but I remember liking it. Um, I don't think it's one of the. I don't think it's towards the bottom per se in terms okay, of. Okay, JT, you, you like filmography, uh, <laughs> but I had to. Yeah, Anthony Kent says Tomorrowland belongs on this list. I mean, I, I, I don't, I didn't even think of that, but that's me. Oh, Ants. Yeah. Yeah. Seen it. I'm assuming you know him. Um, any other comments for Ratatouille before we move on to our fourth uh, film that we think is underrated? Any other comments? Oh my god! I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Eric, Andrew, Justin, TikTok, anyone? Kidding. Uh, the rats. Name All right, is Bill, Ratatouille. you're up. Ratatouille. Number four. Okay. Sorry. You know what? I've noticed something on my list so far. You ready? You ready? You ready? Um. Yeah. I haven't picked a sequel yet. So, okay, okay, this is going to be unusual, but I'm going to have to ask everyone to please bear with me. My underrated pick, and this is, I think, a very underrated sequel, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Okay. Uh-oh, what's wrong, Justin? I spelled it wrong. Then. I, haven't, I actually haven't seen the full movie. So. I didn't but even know there was a sequel, the dude. Gremlins or? Oh, I've seen the full movie of the first one. Great Baseball. movie, but the second one I still have to watch. Yeah, the, uh, second, the second I, one is okay. Here's the second one. Gizmo's back. Oh, look at that! Go, go back there. Look at him. Look, not him. Go back. Do I have to. I'm about to say. Look at him. Isn't he adorable? Um, Gizmo's reunited with his. Former um, owner for the first one, Billy, after Mr. Mm. Lynn dies, Mr. Wing dies. And this time, there. this time he's in New York City. And, okay, for those of you who haven't seen the first Gremlins, there's three rules. Rule one, don't put them in light. They're scared of light, especially sunlight. They kill... It'll kill them. Two, don't get them wet. They multiply. 
And three, three, don't wish Phoebe Cates Merry Christmas. Well, yeah. The third joke <laughs> is, or the third rule is, under no circumstances, no matter how much they beg, no matter how much they cry, don't ever feed them after midnight. But it's uh, always after midnight. Relatively. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it always after midnight? But, no, but, you know, this time, instead of a small town like the first one, they're in New York City. Gizmo gets wet. They eat after midnight. And then the gremlins run amok. And... Gremlins 2. Gremlins take Manhattan. Gremlins <laughs> <laughs> 2. Electric Boogaloo. I would see that one. But, um, yeah, and also the trailer is pretty cool. It's just go, we warned you. Don't get them wet. We warned you. Don't put, put them in light. And we warned you. Don't feed them after midnight. But you didn't listen. Dun, 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 dun. And then and then it's um recent and it's like recently uh, no this movie it's just so okay one gizmo is so freaking cute and two and okay the first one is more of a comedic horror movie uh more of like you know more like a family friendly horror movie this one they try to play it for satire they try to play it more in satire. Like there's actually a um, like um, if you watch the first Gremlins, there's a scene about Phoebe Cates, about why she's so grumpy around Christmas, and saying that there's a tragic story about how her father tried to dress up as Santa and then he died, and then they like parodied that with Lincoln's birthday, and like they play it mostly for laughs. Yeah, and. There's actually a scene that Leonard Maltin is like giving his review of the first one because he actually didn't like the first one. And there's a scene, and the gremlins absolutely attack him. <laughs> and you know what? I got to give a tip of the hat to Leonard Maltin that he was a good sport about Everybody's that. Everybody's a critic. And they're like, this movie is terrible, awful. And then, no. And they're attacking him. And they're like, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. And then, and then of course, Hulk Hogan makes a cameo. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you think it, the Grimsters have a chance against the Hulkster? <laughs> it is, yeah. Like, they try to play it serious, but it's so fun. Like, there's a, there's actually a scene when they have this one gremlin who's voiced by Tony Randall, and he's, like, talking about civilization, and then there's, oh, there's one fella here, and he pulls out a gun and shoots him. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. It was fun, but not civilized. But yeah, I think this, and, and you know what? It's funny. It's like critics actually liked it, but the fans really didn't like it. Because it's usually weird when we talk about this underrated movies, the critics don't like it. Yeah. But the fans do. This one was the opposite. And I think this is actually a good sequel. Yeah, it does take a little bit of a different tone. But I actually think it kind of works. And I just want to say on a side note, did everyone see there is a um, Mountain Dew commercial with Gizmo in it? Did everyone see this? 
Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's just my YouTube. It's just a recent one, and and they brought Zach Gallagher back too. Yeah, so so yeah, Gremlins two, a sequel to one of my favorite movies. Cool. Okay. Anyone have any comments, questions? Oh, sorry, that's your part. That's right. I don't. I don't have anything to say. So, anyone else? Um, I've only really seen the uh, clips on YouTube uh, from the movie. I still need to watch the actual movie. So, okay. Um, Eric, Andrew, anything? Like the first one. Never seen the second one. Gotcha. Did you All even right. know it was the second one? Be honest. I did, but I know, like, I- I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know it was called the new batch. I just knew of its existence. Yeah. Well, I recommend you give it a watch. Cool. What I what uh, I don't know is if there is a third one. No, nah, there isn't. Well, they're making a prequel series uh, called Gizmo and the Secret of Magua, and it's going to be on HBO Max. Huh. It's Justin. Guess what that might call for? Cast review. It might call for a cast review. Yeah, review. All right. Anyway, any, any other comments going once, twice, sold to that man over there. Uh, Eric, you're up. Paul Blart. Oh, good one. Interesting. I like to actually, I, you know what? Yes, I, I, I can comment this. I, I agree with this. Anyone else? Um, no. Okay. No, as in no comment or no, as in you don't like. No comment. Oh. Andrew? I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really comment. I've seen the movie, but I, I, I can't comment. Wait, Justin, you haven't seen Paul Blart? No. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I like it. it, it it's dumb fun, but I like it. It's, yeah. it's pretty funny. Yeah. I also I agree with um, Eric. I agree with you. I think this actually is under. I didn't even think of this. This is a good one, but I have no comment whatsoever to say on this because I I I I, I liked it, but I didn't like. I don't know. There's I, there's not much to go off of for me on this. Um, and everyone else kind of said their part, but I, I like it. I think it's it's entertaining. It is. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. I mean, there's not much to say about it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, me too. So about it. I like the yeah, set this segue or speedway, whatever it was. Um, all right, who's up, Andrew? And well, any other comments? Going once, twice. Sold to Andrew. What's up? Uh, um, Stone mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's overrated, and I wholeheartedly disagree. I think it's underrated. Uh, yeah, you're already typing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I talked about this the other day, this. It's only I. No one went to see this movie because again, it it's just I think the first Star Wars movie to do poorly at the box office. Um, yeah, because people were pissed at the Last Jedi. People, yep, yeah, people were mad about Last Jedi. There was a lot of like behind the scenes like drama that got like t- was talking about in the marketing yeah. wasn't good. Like the first trailer came out like the Super Bowl weekend when the movie was set to come out in May, so they didn't have enough time to build up hype and the the trailers itself weren't that good but the movie itself i find be very enjoyable it's a fun movie there's um 
the action in the movie, like the the choreography of the fight scenes, uh, how it's it's really well choreographed. The music is not talked about. Like the 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 theme for like the main villain in this movie is probably one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars music, other than the Mandalorian's theme. And um, I think I can't remember who did the soundtrack for this movie, but it really does like, I think hold up with John Williams original score. And it's just unique in how it's, it's a very different take on like the music in Star Wars. Um, and of course, Lando in this movie was excellently, ca- excellently cast and played. And what really surprised me the most was uh, Aldrin Einrich's Han Solo. Cause when I went into this movie, I went with the lowest of the low expectations for me i did not think he would be a good cast pick but as the movie went on i started to see him as han solo and i think he did a very good job because he didn't portray like he didn't he wasn't trying to be harrison ford's han solo he was being his own and that grew on me tremendously throughout the film and then um i would be ashamed to miss to not talk about woody harrelson which he plays woody harrelson in the star wars movie that's what else do I want from Woody Harrelson? He was a fun character. And then, of course, the, the twist at the end is the revealing of the, the main villain behind the curtains and all that stuff, how it ties into Clone Wars. I love that connection. I really wish they keep going through with that. I hope to see more of that stuff. I thought it was really funny how they just confused the hell out of anyone who wasn't watching the Clone Wars. Yeah. You're like, wait, I yeah. thought this character died. I'm aware that the character was still alive somewhere. Um, I just didn't think it was a necessary twist. No, no, I just didn't think it was a necessary twist. It was um, it it was a surprise to be sure. Um, but a welcome one. But a welcome one. <laughs> but um, um, I thought it was kind of dull. Yeah, I. I I was kind of bored with this movie. Um, one, I did not like the look of the movie. It is very dark, as in, like, you, it's hard to see stuff. It's like the cinemat- It's like the DP um, had his eyes dilated each and every yeah. day it was on set. It's as dark as a Zack Snyder movie. No, darker. Because at least with the Snyder movie, he has a metallic shine to his movies. Here, it's like... Aliens It's like they forgot to turn on the set lights. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, also, I'm never a fan when, uh, when the directors get fired... Right after, um, after principal photography wraps, and then they hire a completely new director to just take over. Yeah, but I feel like Ron Howard did a decent enough job with the movie itself. It's not like a situation in which Chris Trevorrow and J.J. Abrams. It's. It's the producer's job to support the director's vision. So when the directors, the directors being um, 
Phil Lord and Chris Miller of Jump Street fame, of the Lego movie fame, of Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs fame, you know, these big time directors who gave up the Flashpoint movie for this movie, might I add. Um, you know, they put their heart and souls into this and they said, we don't like what you did, you're fired. Uh, you know what? You might have been able to turn a profit if you just accepted your loss and just ran with the movie that the directors you hired were hired to make. Okay, I don't think so. The, the one that one of the things with this movie was that no one, we didn't really need a solo a Star Wars story. It's wasn't one that people were asking for, and I agree with that. I still think it's a fun movie, regardless. But um, it's it's not something. I don't think it was going to sell. They would sell as many tickets as they were hoping for it originally. I, I part of me thinks that the reshoots had a big um, reason for that because they reshot 75% of this movie. Um, that's an expensive reshoot. You have to consider like a movie of this scale must have cost 200 million for the principal photography. The additional photography, I was, I'm going to say, would be another 125. Because then you have to get the, the cast back, you got to get the crew back. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking it up right now. So it says here it says the, the cost for it was around $275 million. I'm not sure if that's before or after he shoots, though. This, in order for this movie to have been considered successful, it needed to make three times its budget. Yeah, and it did not make that. It was it went under. Yeah, it was the first bomb for Star Wars. And yeah, again, I'm sorry, Andrew. I found this movie kind of dull again, and I just wasn't invested in it. I don't think it was bad. It was just. It, it's there, you know what I mean? It's not good, it's not bad. It's well, like, yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's a movie, yeah, it's, it it's exists. Movie. It's one that we didn't need, but we got anyway. But I still feel it's, it's this a fun movie to watch. It's not, I'm not saying it's like like best picture level, I'm saying it's just like it's a fun movie in its own right. Hey, you're entitled to your own opinion, pal. You're entitled to your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Solo? Comments? I've, I've said my piece. Okay. Mine as well. Eric, you got anything or no? It, it's all right. Okay. I got another one. Wait, what about Justin? It's Justin's. Oh, Is it my turn? It's Justin's turn. Yes, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So my fourth pick. So guys, um, do you like uh, Huey Lewis in the news? Oh, American Psycho? Yep. Oh. American I Psycho. Really, I don't know 
that's underrated, actually. You know what? It's it's a movie that you kind of need to discover. I really do like this movie. It's a fantastic... It's a fucked up movie, but it's a fantastic movie with a fantastic performance by Christian Bale. Um, Before he became Batman. Yeah, and said he's Bateman. Um, showing you how a psychotic serial killer can just blend right into the yuppie culture of the 80s, um, where everyone's on cocaine, obsessed with how good their business cards look. Um, going to the nicest restaurants. Not going to the nicest restaurants and... And he just hides this darkness from everyone, but he doesn't really, because at every chance he takes, he admits that he's a serial killer and he's utterly insane. And it seems like no one's listening. Um, and I'm sorry, go on. And it's ener- and I'm one of those people who considers this a, bl- a dark comedy. Um, it's I find the deaths in this movie to be pretty hilarious, especially the first death with Paul Allen, um, played by Jared Leto. The first time we get to see Batman kill the Joker. Actually, it's not the first time, but one of, one of my more favorite times. Try getting a reservation just in this now, you fucking idiot! Um. Oh my Thank God. God. And fun I... fact: Leo DiCaprio was actually going to play this role originally, but he didn't want. Um, he thought that it would be bad for his career to do such an edgy role, which. He saw it and was like, well, this isn't going to help me win an Oscar. <laughs> years well, you know what? It might have. It just might have if Leo did it. Because you know, Christian Bale did a fantastic job. Um, Christian Bale's an interesting actor. <laughs> So, Justin, why do you think this is underrated? I, I really don't know if this is underrated. Because this is a movie I, I had to kind of discover this movie. Um, let me look how well it did at the box office because I don't think it was... Also, when this movie came out, it was actually received rather mixed. Um, you know... It made $34 million at the box office, which compared to its budget of $7 million, it was pretty good, but it's not uh, groundbreaking. Um, it is considered a cult movie um, that gathered a cult following. And I think the cult status of the movie is why I consider it to be underrated. Okay. All right. Um, 
I just want to say, and also a little fun trivia here. Ready? Um, Patrick Bateman quotes Ed Gaines, a serial killer, mm-hmm. in the movie when he says the whole um, when he says, you know, Ed Gaines said, "When I see a beautiful woman, two questions run through my mind: one, should I ask her out on a date, and two, how would she look?" How would she look with her head on a something? On a bike. And, yeah. And what's Patrick's last name? Bateman. Ed Gaines was actually the inspiration for Norman Bates and Psycho. I didn't know that. And Patrick's last name is Bateman, so it's probably a call to Norman Bates. Now, that is an interesting fact to impress your friends at parties with while you social distance. As I go out on my next date, that's the first question I'm going to ask. Did you know? <laughs> Did you, you know? Like that you know do not ask your news? next date that question. Oh, my God. It'd be so funny. Did you know Norman Bates? Did you know Ed Gaines was ins- that Norman Bates was inspired by Ed Gaines? That's a great pickup line. Anyways, any other comments for Psy- American Psycho? Let's say Psycho. American Psycho. Any comments, questions, concerns? Going once. Anyone else at all? Going twice. Sold to myself. All right, here's my fourth pick. This movie. Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Everyone loves it. How's it underrated? I it I, I think it's underappreciated. So uh, this kind of goes back to what me and Bill were talking about last week with underappreciated shows are underrated not, 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 that are not necessarily underrated, but more underappreciated. This movie, yes, everyone who is our age knows about it and loves it for what it is. I think, to be completely honest with you. It's a little bit underappreciated for the genius that it is. It's I, I saw a YouTube video for this movie from 2005, and it was a review in 2005 for, about this movie. And the comments I that were said about this movie were, "It's there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not perfect." And I said to myself, "Huh." You know, I can't find anything wrong with it necessarily. Yes, I, I'm sure you guys can agree with that. As far as like continuity errors or like actual animation, because let's not forget, this is a claymation movie. I mean, I, I how many times like the literally says in here from the creators of Chicken Run. Chicken Run was another um, um, uh, stop motion. Yeah, I remember movie. that movie as well. Yeah, that's. I think that the also the guys who do these. Um, Movies like they also did the one a couple uh, more than a couple years ago. What's the one? Uh, it's not the Crudes. What's the other? Okay. Missing Link. Before Man, Dawn of Man. What was the one? I can't think of it. J- uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, was um, no, it, the most recent one I believe was Missing Link. But yeah, there oh. was another one called like I think Dawn of Man or something like that. Yeah, like, it was like so, like it was like about it's like the Dawn of Man, but in done in this style of this kind of claymation. I love this movie, to be honest. Now. I think it, I would not say it's underrated, but I wanted to include it because I think it's underappreciated for what it is. Um, it I thought it was really clever, really funny, but yet I felt like when it, 
I'm not going to say it's underrated. I'm going to say it's underappreciated. Early man. Early man. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Justin. Early man. Another one. I love this style of animation. I love this is what I miss because so many so many animated movies nowadays are like computer animated or CG. This is like true to me personally, true stop motion animation. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think it's underappreciated, hi- highly underappreciated because of everything about it, the animation, the story, the plot line, the way that like they have. Like, I just thought this was a great movie that really went under the radar for a lot of people. And I thought that it could have been. I think it. Sh- I think it should be appreciated more. Let's put it that way. Does anyone have any qu- questions, comments, concerns about Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were Rabbit, and why? And any anything on my thoughts about why I think it's underappreciated at all? Anyone? Yeah, I think it's good. This is a very solid pick. Yeah. I mean, like, um, a solid, solid movie pick, or like, a, like, what do you mean? I'm sorry. I mean, it's like this is a very good solution uh, pick for your underrated movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember seeing this in theaters years ago when it came it was out. T- it came out in two thousand five. Yeah. So you were probably a, a wee baby, but. <laughs> yeah, this when when you're talking about achievements in filmmaking, stop yep. motion animation is one of the hardest methods of animation to accomplish because it's so time consuming and so painstakingly the. There's a reason why, like uh, Ray Harryhausen is considered a pioneer of um, yeah. special effects because this, his stop motion special effects are so for the time so so uh, not necessarily seamless, but so transform transformative. Yeah, and. You know, now we have this fluidity, and now we're getting to a seamlessness in the animation style that we didn't have with uh, Ray Harryhausen, and it's just it's just showing how far we've come in terms of what we can do now with animation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and the the early man one that you were just saying—that's the same kind of stuff. I'm I'm just gonna look it up for a second because we're talking about it. But like this, um, this uh, uh whoops, oh, they're right in the audience. <laughs> I'm you like, don't say. I I <laughs> I love this style of animation. I love. I, I think it's a British guy. Ardman is that the company mm-hmm. that does it? Yeah, it's yeah. A British. Yeah, I think that they nail their products that they put out i think that they really like they i i i, I will say I go, the, the wasson gromit like aside from them this was their feature film they did a couple of like in the 1990s or early in the mid 80s they did some other claymation stuff too and the, what you're talking about uh justin that style of animation with the claymation stuff the stop motion it is so tedious on those older ones you can see them actually with the finger pressings on them on this, on the done, done with the stop motion. But this is, I have, I just, I cannot, I love, look, I feel like, can, can, can I go on a quick tangent? I've been quiet most of the night. Like, can I say that like most animated films today that are not like this, this stop motion style, are majority of them are computerized. Mm-hmm. And 
like I, I don't know why it's popping on him, but like this is the, the, so so many of the ones are just crap nowadays. Like mm-hmm. Emoji Movie or Boss Baby. Like give me a break. These are stupid movies. Like I I, I would love to see like this type of quality animation film come back to cinemas, but I don't know if it will or won't. That's what I'm wondering. Um, that's a whole other but yeah, I will give Boss Baby thus. At least it was creative in its imagery. It was. I just, I, 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 I completely applaud the idea of like, oh, it's a talking baby. I'm a, I'm a boss baby. You know, like whatever. I just, it, it didn't have the appeal that I thought a lot of it would have. So, honestly, I, 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 I just miss this style, this type of animation a lot, and I wish it would come back. Um, early man, early man was the most recent one we had, but this was it. Uh, I, I think the most recent one was like Missing Link. I was saying, oh, it had, oh, it had a, I believe it had a Hugh Jackman in it. Oh, for it was was it stop motion? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not know that then. Okay, I I, I didn't remember that one, so I have to look it up. Uh, any other comments from Watson Gromit while we're talking about it? Yeah, I think I'm good. Feels good, Eric. I'm good. All right, Justin. You already said you're right. Point. So wait till my turn. I already said my part. Yeah. So the, now we're officially on our last one because I uh, that was my last number four. I have one more to go. So Bill's gonna kick off our last bit and then we'll finish up for the night. Okay. I had so many to pick from. In all honesty, um, what do you got, Bill? Okay, but you know what? I think I'm gonna do this pick and I stand by it. Um, since we're talking about stop motion animation, I think this is a perfect segue. And Eric, how you brought up um, Batman Returns earlier and criticized and said that I don't like Tim Burton, I'm going to now prove that I actually do like Tim Burton. <laughs> um, my Charlie big- and the Chocolate Factory. No, like, and no, 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 it's weenie. not that. <laughs> it's not that, JT. Is it Frank oh. and Weenie? No, it's Corpse oh. Bride. Ah. I was close. <laughs> yeah, it's um, Corpse Bride. Um, it this is know. actually the first stop motion animated film he directed. Cause say it with me, folks, he didn't direct the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go ahead. But yeah, it tells the story of Victor, voiced by Johnny Depp, and I'm not the biggest Johnny Depp fan. Except for another Tim Burton movie, Edward Scissorhands, um, who's going to get married to to um, Victoria. And by the way, this this was whole arranged by their parents. They don't really, they're not really, you know, in uh-huh. love. And he screws up the wedding rehearsal, and he goes out to a branch, goes out into the woods, puts a ring on the puts a ring on a brand, but guess what? It's not a branch, it's a hand of a dead bride that brings him to the netherworld. And what, I, okay, I'm gonna sit here and admit something. This movie is not perfect. It has its issues, but I really like the, I really like the comparison, like how the world we live in is so gray and bland and kind of depressing. And the land of the dead is like so colorful and vibrant. And I actually really like how they have the comparison. Actually, the lore is just so. This is actually based on an old Russian Jewish folktale, by the way. 
This has been Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Anyway, so what was I saying? Um, but, and I just think the Corpse Bride just has such a person a good personality and the ending is absolutely it's just so heartwarming it's just and, and you would think okay bill okay what have you been smoking and can i have some um <laughs> how could a tim burton movie about a dead bride be heartwarming well i'm not going to spoil it for you you're gonna have to go watch it yourself ha <clears throat> But yeah, I think this movie is actually really underappreciated. You know, because when we talk about Tim Burton animation, it usually gets looked over by its big brother, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which I do love too. I I, I love Nightmare Before Christmas, which Justin still has not seen. What's that, Bill? I can't hear you. <laughs> and let me guess, someone's behind the door. No one. All right, that was a joke from my birthday special a couple weeks ago. Go watch that. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, I actually think this is a very underappreciated pick. Uh, okay, guys, questions, comments, concerns about this? Anyone seen it or? I haven't I seen ha it. I can't make any comments. I haven't seen it. Damn it! I picked a movie that no one saw. It's okay. You're fine. Okay, so that's what I got to say about that. All right. Uh, I lost track. Who comes after Bill? <laughs> Eric does? Yeah. Okay, Eric, go ahead. Rapid fire. Transformers Age of Extinction. Boo! <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I think you mean Transformers The Last Night. Oh, oh god. god. Keep I'm digging. Kidding. Keep Everyone digging. Join in. Shame. Shame. I'm kidding. Shame. I don't I don't like any of them. They're except for Bumblebee. It's fair. Okay, okay. Bumblebee's good. But Bumblebee I like. I think the I second Paradox movie. <laughs> I disagree. Okay, so I disagree with the fact that R Ratatouille is underrated oh. because I think it's rated pretty much right where it should be. Okay. So I will I will raise you the Iron Giant. Ooh. Ah. Which ah. is actually, in my opinion, criminally underrated. It did Sorry, so not a tattoo. Uh, auto is killing me today. So poorly at the box office, and it's Super probably. Weird. It's probably Brad Bird's best movie. I've, yeah. I've but unfortunately, the most unfortunately named protagonist with Hogarth. <laughs> What's his name? Hogarth. Uh, any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts on Iron Giant? I haven't seen any. Love either. it. I remember seeing the end of it. And then I remember seeing, uh, was it in like a Looney Tunes show? Um, yeah, right. I remember Daffy this Duck stuff. made a parody of it. Like I that. still watched the ending of that movie, and I start tearing up. Best Vin Diesel performance. 
<laughs> only the only matched best performance since we are Groot. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah say, the only matched by Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. I am Groot. I am Groot. Which oh, will I, undoubtedly I, be oh, um <laughs> will be um topped by Sylvester Stallone's performance as a giant anthropomorphic shark in the Suicide Squad. Mm. I have nothing to say. I, I actually like this one a lot, though. I will say yeah, that. This was a good one. I don't think anyone okay. dislikes this movie. No, you, you have to have a heart of iron. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any other closing thoughts for Iron Giant, other than it being a very good classic film? Anyone going once, twice? Andrew Schultz, before he goes. I right, um. So this is a... Uh, 2010 movie i believe um it's gonna be tron legacy good pick you told me about this a while ago it, it, it was my number my first thought when i came to underrated movies um because i've never seen this again as a kid but it's just the visuals for this movie are amazing daft punk in this movie the soundtrack is R.I.P. R.I.P. and they even make a cameo in it too and, and, I, and the story I still find to be very enjoyable to, for the most part. The only thing I dislike is probably m- many people's critique is the, that Jeff Bridges uh, <laughs> CGI de-aging. It doesn't even look like Yeah, Mar- Marvel didn't crack the code yet with that. No. It's like oh, a shit. It's like whenever Disney tries to give Tron a chance, say like they make a movie, it doesn't do that well, and then they cancel the franchise and wait now like forty years, and now we're getting another one like a couple of years or something like that with Jared Leto, but no Daft Punk soundtrack, unfortunately. Because I'm gonna be honest, one of the main selling points for Tron Legacy was the Daft Punk soundtrack. Any thoughts on Tron? I haven't seen it. Um, I can't comment either. Sorry. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, looks cool. It yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the coolest style you could possibly get with, you know. It looks a lot better than the original movie does. Yeah. Yeah. And Andrew, this is a sequel to the original one, right? Yes, this is a sequel. Gotcha. Okay. The visuals do look amazing. Yeah, that was that was something I loved. So, any other thoughts for Tron Legacy? And and before Andrew goes, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on tonight, dude. dude. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Asm, nice meeting you finally. Yeah, nice meeting you guys. So he is come he, back anytime. I'm sure. I'm sure if we were to do another Star Wars video, he'll be definitely on because he's a big Star Wars fan. Well, I would like to do a video game one. Oh, that's right. I forgot you, you wanted to do that with us. Yeah. Um, a, a plug for another time. I'll let you, I'll, we'll, we'll keep in contact about that. Okay, cool. And I'll keep you guys up, but, uh, updated about that too. Andrew, thank you so much. You can, uh, you're free to go if you want. So, right, awesome. Hey, you guys, have a nice night. You too. Thanks, bud. Hey, good night, pal. Bye. See you later. He's good. All right. Thank you, Asim. Thank you for so much for joining us. Now, and then it remains the four of us. What do we got? So, Justin, All what's right. your fifth pick? Before we so, go to mine. This one, Eric, you like Spider-Man 3 so much, huh? 
So I do. I, I'm gonna raise you a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Okay. I like that movie more than the original. Ooh. No wait, I knew that. You know, okay. I like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But the thing that really holds it back for me is the comedy. It I cringed at a lot of those jokes. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that some of the comedy in it, not all of it, some of it didn't land. But a lot of it for me did land. Um, I think some of the jokes actually work better with repeat viewings and once you get more of an understanding of these characters that, you know, it's in the, their nature to joke. It's in Infinity War, they were joking the same amount well, as... I normally, well, it's it, it's not that I don't like the Guardians comedy. I like I I thought the first movie was hilarious. I thought they were great in Infinity War. I just didn't really like the comedy in this movie. Was like, it the I, amount, or was it like certain jokes? No, I just I just didn't find the jokes very funny. But like pretty much everywhere else, I love the Guardians humor. So, some of the, I'll give you that some of the jokes in the first third did not land. Um, especially with Drax. Um, as it got further along, I think it got better. Um, I think Rocket. I think everyone's arc in this was really, really strong. Um, I especially felt for Rocket. I especially felt for Yondu. Especially for Yondu. Every scene with Yondu was fantastic. I saw this movie three times in theaters. And by the third time, I started to cry at the ending. Once (laughs) they started playing father and son, to this day, and when I hear that song, like I'll start tearing up because of this movie. It, for some reason, this movie struck an emotional chord that I didn't know it would. Um, maybe it's the familiar, the familial themes in this movie because. Family is a really strong theme in this movie. Um, Everyone's arc is related to family. Um, Gamora's arc is related to Nebula um, and how she was being a horrible sister to her in the past and now that whole thing's going on. Um, Rocket is being the self-sabotaging asshole so that he doesn't get the chance. He's sabotaging his relationship with his family 
so that he so that he can control so he can have control over his and it's it's a feeling that I can relate to like I see a little bit of myself in every one of these characters um I think everyone's relationship to group is adorable everyone is like acting as like a parent to this little baby Groot and it's adorable um and I think all the comedy with the Ravagers was really strong personally um I know some people might find it a little meh but I found it really strong I thought that the action sequence on the Ravagers ship was with the arrow? Yes. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought the music choice was phenomenal. And I thought the additions to the music, I want an official release of that track. I'm going to chime in for a sec. Um, I like the first one better. I think the action was better in the first one, but I think the comedy was better in the second one. And because I like that, goes, do you have tape? No. Wait, do you, would this work when that... When, when that's all going on. And of course, uh, I ain't good. Uh-huh. I ain't good. Uh-huh. I ain't good. No! And, um, and of course, the scene that makes me cry. Boy, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Like, like I said, every scene with Yondu was perfect. Like, that was probably the first MCU death that really impacted me. I like the movie. And I like all the... I like the action, and I like the character stuff, and I like the story, but it, the comedy just really bogs it down for me, because it's just very cringy at times. And like, I I don't know if if it, if I thought it was if I did like the comedy, I might like it more than the first one. But the first one hit all the right beats. It had a great story, great characters, and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one... I. But to me, for for me, the volume two just hit the emotional beats better. That's just me. I think the emotional beats just work better for me. It it definitely does have better character development than the first movie. I just... It's kind of hard to get past that bit with the comedy for me, though. It's just... It takes me out of the movie a lot. Gotcha. It's just that I can only think of, like, five jokes in the movie that I would say I didn't like the joke. All right. I, anyone, I'm sorry. Did anyone have any more comments for Guardians or? Nope. You guys are good? Bill, you're good. Justin? Yeah. Anything or Eric, you guys good? I'm good. All right. Well, I guess I guess everyone it comes down to my last pick. <laughs> It's the final countdown, baby. Countdown. And this yeah. was the last minute substitution too, because I initially said 
I didn't choose a superhero movie. Oh, uh, well, I, I thought it was a good debate, but I'm curious to what you guys have to say about this. This is a movie that out of all the eighties classics. Oh no, he's tackling the eighties. This one, does, this one does not, in my opinion, again, going back to what I was saying before, does not really get talked about a lot. So I think Commando. it's it, what commando. No, no, no. Watch. Uh, that's a good one, though. Uh, that's a good one too. But I, I chose this one. It may sound girly, but I do like it quite a bit. And I, 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 this is underrated. This is I, not underrated in no, the slightest. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, Will. You have thirty seconds. Go. It's my fucking show. I can ha- talk as long as I want to. <laughs> um, I. I when you think of and i I understand your reaction was i I kind of expected it but like honestly i think that this movie in particular does not i I, i'm going back to the wallace and gromit argument i made how it's underappreciated compared to like most of the 80s films the films that came out and then it was in 1987 they were all the films that came out in 1987 that are like still iconic films today saving price uh, no, i'm not saying right um like i can't think uh, uh, whatever but like uh, a full metal jacket you know naked gun there's some iconic films that came out like that year this one i felt got is to be honest it's a little bit underappreciated in my opinion yes it's a classic but i think it's slightly underappreciated because it's got a great story. It's you know it's a, it starts off with the grandfather reading in the book to the his grandson because he's homesick this or whatever. He is literally renowned for like having one of the greatest scripts of all time. And, and yeah, it, it really and I agree with that. But it's, like, but like I'm, I'm just, pretty sure this is on the AFI list of a hundred greatest movies. Yeah. Mr. Mahoney, you're really not making your case. How, how can you say this movie is underrated when it is quoted endlessly? Like, every scene in this movie, there is, like, a quote that is remembered to this Incon- It's inconceivable. As you wish. My name is Guillermo Montoya. Your father is going to die. Your father is going to die? Well, what? <laughs> What's that line? You I'm have sorry. one job, Bill. My I'm name is sorry, my brain is operating at like 50%. At less than 50%. Right? Uh, uh, my name is Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have a funny story about that about that line though. Um so what do you um, got? I was watching um I was watching this thing on the Yes Network um called Center Stage and Rob Reiner was on there. He goes, I was walking into um I was walking into, um, I was walking out of Carmine's and John Gotti walks in and, and um, his, and he said his like um, guy was walking and looked like Luca Broxy from The Godfather. And he points to me and he goes, you killed my father prepared to die. And he goes, you're from the prince, you're in the princess bride. You, you did that. I love that movie. This big mafia guy is telling Rob Reiner that he loves the Princess Ride. That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you had Batman and Robin there. That was a joke while you guys were talking. <laughs> good, because I was about to do a good old fashioned ripping. Oh my god. Um. Oh. So, to be fair, 
Uh, someone pointed out the chat board that it did not do well. The, it, this one did okay at the box office at best. So I mean, yeah, but I'd still say it. It's not underrated in the sense that it is talked about plenty to the, to this day. Because JT, think about it this way: is every movie that does bad? There are movies that don't do well the box office, but they do well with critics. All right, do you want me to change my pick last minute? No, you don't have to. No, I'll do it. Hold on, I got. I, I guess I just thought of one of them at the top of my head. No one saw this movie. Okay, so not many people talk about it. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, let me just finish it off. So, look, I saw this movie in theaters. I saw it on a date, and most of you guys have probably, uh, Justin may, may, may have heard of it. I've scratch, scratch, Prince, scratch Princess Bride. Okay, I, I, I see your points now. Uh, Justin, we like, I like that comment stricken for the record. Oh, record? Are we supposed to be writing this down? Batman the Animated Series reference. Batman and Robin. Um, so no. I I am not the biggest. If Matt Hemsley's still in the chat board, I want to give him credit for at least give me credit for at least talking about this. This movie, okay. So underrated. So underrated. Because listen, no one saw it in theaters. I saw this on a whim. I was like, oh, let me just go check. I'm on a date, whatever. Go check. This movie was so great. And Matt Hemsley's still in the chat board. Thank you so much. Like, I saw this in theaters and I have to tell you for, and I, I, I don't really go, I don't really go see independent films, you know, cause I, like I, I made a, I made a YouTube channel that talks about big budget, big budget comic book films and whatnot and whatever. But this for an independent film, this was really great. Like it was like me and the, my girl, the girls with, like just the two of us in the theater practically and this was such a fun film to watch like it was a great independent film and no one else saw it apparently i was like this is great so i think the big uh, yes yeah, scratch princess bride sorry I, my, my mind wasn't thinking when i made that list yes, sir. but the big sick if you have not seen the big sick it was one of those amazon films that came out in theaters um it's a true story about how the like the the director of the movie or the writer of the movie it's about his how he met his wife Mm. And it's a real story, um, and how, about how he like his wife goes through like I'll spoil a little bit for you if you're, because for those you know, his wife it's like has like a giant like it goes into a coma, and it's like a typical rom com scenario like oh something happens something something happens to the girl, and you know whatever but like it was a really great story, and it's apparently it's true too which is I thought was fantastic, mm-hmm. um, the casting was great. Uh, that's actually I know we, last night we Bill and I talked about everybody, everybody loves Raymond. Uh, that's Ray Romano right there. Mm-hmm. From, from he's a great actor. I love Ray uh, and Holly Hunter from Batman v Superman. Uh, she was the court judge. She's right there. Yep. And I, I forget the actor's name here. And he's really funny. Male Nanjani. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and his his parents and his brother. Uh, his mom wants him to. He's a big nerd. He's like. He loves the X Files. Bill and I were talking about this before. Like he loves the X Files. He's such a nerd. He's like he's, he's, his mom's like, I why don't you date like uh, Pakistani or I think it's Pakistani, Pakistani women? And and he's like, I don't want to date anyone. I want to date someone. I want to date. What's wrong with that? And his mom's like, no. It's just like a typical like mother fit about it. And like she just like, uh, I thought it was a brilliant film. I thought. 
it was just it was just great. I cannot talk, I cannot hype this movie up enough because no one saw it. <laughs> um, and honestly, the critics really liked it too. But as far as underrated goes, and the pop public consciousness, like barely anyone saw it. And like I said, I can't recommend this enough. Big sick, go for it. Seriously. Any thoughts on the big sick before we wrap up tonight? I haven't show? seen it, so I can't say anything. Exactly my point. <laughs> um, I saw the movie. It's it's a good movie. Um Yeah. I I can't say that I was completely in love with it like you are, but it I was a great film. It, I do find it was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit when it came out. I mean, I was like, I mean, not only I was trying to have a little fun that night in the theater because no one else was in the theater, but I was like, nah, I can't do that. Anyways, Eric, what's your thoughts on the big sick? Anything at all? I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I, I was aware of when it first came out. Gotcha. Well, Eric, Bill, if you're ever on a date and you need to watch some, watch a movie, watch Big Sick. All right. So, uh, any other closing thoughts, gentlemen, on our on our favorite movies that are underrated at all? Any last minute comments before we wrap it up? Yeah, this was interesting. This was a very. I have to say, the, doing this tonight, this kind of like wraps up our underrated, overrated stuff. Next week, we got a great, a brand new topic for you. We'll be doing movie duds, which means. What films went straight to tape or DVD that we're going to be talking about all that for next week? I'm um, right here. Bill, next week. Yes, Bill, go ahead. Lots of Disney. Yeah, right. This is Cinderella five for now with over underrated. We're done with this for now. Like, in the future, we, we want to do overrated, underrated music artists. Yeah. We didn't touch on that yet because we did TV and movies, but yeah, we we, right now we kind of want to take a break from overrated, underrated. So yeah, we, we did top ten for like six weeks straight, so eight weeks. Yeah, we're little, taking a break from top ten. So. Uh, so I want to thank all of you for. What's that, Eric? So then, what's the video game topic going to be on? Okay, so uh, yeah, Eric just brought up a good. Completely, thank you for reminding me. Not. On Wednesday night, because that's our mixed bag night, on a Thursday night coming up, I will let all of you know about it when the time comes. But we will be doing a vi- I will be doing a video game movie, a video game topic show for all of the viewers. Because so, I've gotten so many questions over the years. Why don't we talk about video games? I'm gonna have Eric on. He's he's mentioned about it before. You saw Alex on our, our on our overrated movies discussion. He'll be here. Andrew, who was just here tonight, he'll be there as well. Um, I'm gonna get this, a friend of mine who has been on the show before. He's gonna come back and do it with us as well because he's a big gamer as well. He plays Red Dead all the time. It's a little redundant. I can never get in touch with him, but that's okay. If you're watching this, I'm gonna kill you. Anyways, um, I just want to say for that week, we, we are gonna be doing a. That's gonna be on a Thursday night. That Wednesday that week, we will be doing a regular mixed bag that night. Yeah, like Wednesdays are going to stick as mixed bag for everyone. For everyone, just want to let you guys know. But for this video game discussion or what do you guys think about it or whatever, I don't know the specifics yet. We'll have to let you know. We will be doing that on a Thursday night to fit uh, Alex's schedule and Eric and everyone, whoever else wants to join us, our friend Dom, who might want to join us, who knows. Um, But I want to let you guys know about that ahead of time. So um, I want to thank, if you guys have any suggestions, please sound off in the comment section below. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say as always. Um, I want to thank Eric next to me. I want to thank Justin. I want to thank Bill. You guys have been the best audience ever. We've gone for literally, I think, a two and a half hours tonight. Yeah, literally two and a half hours of just talking underrated movies, not The Princess Bride. So thank you so much for watching this video, guys. You guys are amazing. We'll see you guys next week. And stay strong. Just plug and plug for Sports Insanity Podcast down below. Just, I did it for you. Check me out. Check, check us out. We're available on all platforms. Yep.